Hello and welcome to another episode of What We're Listening To. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, my name is Josh. I'm one of your hosts. And with me is my friend in absentia, Asher. How are you, sir? Hello. It's episode <laughs> 63. Ugh, I didn't want to think about it. We're getting close to being forced retirement age in Canada, and that's not a great thing. Oh, what age is that? I think it's 65, unless they changed it. I don't, okay. yeah. Unlike the you French, riot, we don't have yeah. riots about it, so I don't really yeah. know. <laughs> do you have a question for me? Um, I do. This may be really easy for you. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Um, so I don't know if you've been paying attention, but recently the... Um, the ginger uh, singer-songwriter from England, Ed Sheeran, was taken to court um, mm-hmm. over really? s- similarities between uh, his song and a Marvin Gaye song. Um, oh. And I want you to answer me. He won the court case, thankfully. Okay. Um, what, what part of his testimony was different and ended up convincing the judge? He did something as part of his testimony that was like, that was kind of different from just talking. Did he sing? Like, did he bring his guitar in and sing a part? <laughs> uh, yes, that's exactly what he did, actually. Oh, right. He did, he did a pop song all. melody in the courtroom of all the songs that are in the <laughs> same key and could just be played over top of each other. It's like Axis of Awesome, mm. but, you know, 2023 version in court. There were, there were a number of people who pointed out that the similarity between um, I think actually the lawyers may have presented that video as part of the evidence. Um, That's very funny. Yeah, I for one, I'm despite not being a huge Ed Sheeran fan, I'm quite glad that he won that case because it is um, real stupid to sue somebody over using two chords that sound the same. I think. I mean, like pop music, we love hearing those chords again and again, and we love hearing similar melodies and that sort of thing. It's just. Yeah. I mean, it's going to get very, very hard if you bring everyone to court over those things. <sighs> anyway, good to you, Ed Sheeran. <laughs> I didn't even hear this in the news. So, um, yes, <clears throat> didn't cross my radar. But <laughs> good on you, Ed. <clears throat> Do you have any uh, follow-up? So we, um, just for the listeners as well, there's going to be like a, a bunch of episodes that come out all at once. <laughs> Well, just two, not a bunch, but um, Josh and I have had various commitments on and we have just not had time to record, but we're back and we'll have those two episodes out soon. And I haven't like got follow-up apart from the episode reviews, but did you have anything following up our two unreleased episodes? No, that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm happy just to kind of cut and continue from on basically. All right. Sounds good, man. my kind of various uh, weeks of like looking for stuff to listen to. Um, I came across uh, a Canadian artist called uh, Fog Lake. I think it's their name. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, in my continuous search to find something that crosses the two genres of like folk music and shoegaze. And I think this is like the closest I've gotten so far. Um, so he put out a new album called Midnight Society and it's like a uh-huh. really, um, lo-fi warm, um, but still kind of wild acoustic experience, which I have been really enjoying. Um, mm. yeah. So I was kind of hooked from the first listen. It's, uh, how do you explain lo-fi? So like it's purposefully, um, uses recording techniques that aren't 
um, super modern or modern is the wrong word, like super clean. And so it kind of mm. has this like aesthetic of being kind of warbly and um, vibrato-y all the time. Um, but rather than... Type emulation. Yeah, that kind of stuff. But rather than just kind of relying on a sound palette, the, the songs themselves are actually quite well-written, I think, and are quite appealing. So it's kind of this beautiful mix um, for me. Yeah. Mm. Is it lo-fi in, like, composition too? Because, like, a lot of people listen to, including myself, you know, lo-fi girl. Is it um, kind of a bit jazzy in composition too? Because I will confess I didn't get to listen to Fog Light yet, but I have heard some of their stuff on lo-fi compilations, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, it says cross my path very briefly, but, like, I don't remember. Is it lo-fi in kind of, like, jazzy terms or is it more indie rock kind no of it's much more indie rock or pop um <clears throat> there's a i forget there's a specific genre what's it called it's really popular in like the portland area um slowcore is what i would call it um oh i've more heard of slowcore <laughs> like uh like sparkle horse or a band called duster or page of the lion oh, yeah. where like you take a yeah. lot of like it still has this kind of like rock and roll elements only it's like often really low tempo and then mm. you add this kind of low lo-fi filter over top of it. <clears throat> yeah. I do enjoy, um, like, I will confess, you know, people like Adam Neely have hit, written videos like, I hate lo-fi music. It's my despised genre. Like, you know, I am like the masses. I quite enjoy that vibe. It's quite relaxing. <laughs> yeah. So, Yeah. And they, you said they're Canadian. Yeah, I think they're from. I think they're from Newfoundland. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, so I thought represent. Yeah, it's like I don't know. It's kind of, at least for me, it's the sonic equivalent of you know like a, a warm blanket and a, a nice cup of tea on a on a blustery day kind of thing. It's really just comforting mm-hmm. and nice to be around and listen to. So I've been, um, whenever I've kind of thought like oh, I need something to listen to, I just be coming back to this album over and over again. Um, this is Midnight Society. Yeah. Um, nice. And I've never heard anything what else. What tracks do you like? Kind of, uh, let me take a look. I think um, definitely the first one, Band-Aid Heart, and then um, Pedestal I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of. I think Hot Knives as well. Um, yeah, cool. But yeah. Um, give, it, give it a go, I say. Fog Lake. They're really good. Hmm. That sounds like my kind of vibe at the moment. It's cold here. <laughs> Rug up, listen to some lo-fi stuff. Yeah. Sweet. Nice little side project. Uh, how about you, sir? What have you been listening to? Well, just a week ago, uh, up until a week ago, it was something else. But then uh, our good friends Squid released their new album. And I think both of us wanted to, you know, dig into this a little bit. Yeah. And so... We can both share this review, um, but I've been listening to uh, UK's um, largest um, kind of alternative rock group, Squid. Um, I don't know quite how to genre them. Um, <laughs> and their new album is called O Monolith, and this is their second album. And they released their first album back in 2020, was it? Yeah. Um, Bright Green Field, and both of us have talked about that before. And we both really enjoy it. You have it on bright green vinyl, uh, which I'm envious of. <laughs> and this 
Did it feel to you like this album took forever to come out? Um, I mean, I had the kind of the opposite effect, I think. It was like I knew it was in summertime and for me, summertime. And I was kind of like, I think it's early June. Oh, wait, it's coming out mm. next week. Oh, my goodness, kind of thing. I don't know. I kept seeing it come up on socials and, and I'm like, oh, well, it's still not out. They're like, this track, you know, listen to this. We made a game for it as well. You should play the game. I'm <laughs> like, I just want to hear the whole album. <laughs> <laughs> so... um, I was really impressed, though, a few months ago when they released the single, which is the first track, um, Swim Inside a Dream. Mm. Um, that track is still one of my faves on the album. I just feel like it's so beefy. Like, you know, right at the start, you've just got this bass, like, that just is so intense. And then, obviously, you've got Ollie's drums and that sort of thing. It's just it's a great opener, I reckon, to the album. Um but so just comparing the two, which inevitably happens, there's a lot more light and shade in this album than Bright Green Field. Like, whereas in Bright Green Field, apart from the, the opening small track, every song is like super intense. You know, it's kind of chaos, you know, um, GSK and Narrator and like... Um, all these different, you know, intense tracks there from one after the other. This album feels a lot more reserved and the songs kind of like often have almost half the song, which might be just kind of like guitar or synth and singing and then suddenly all the drums and other things come in. Um, so I guess, I guess part of me liked Squid a lot for their zaniness and so I was a little bit, disappointed that it wasn't more zany at the start um i don't know what did you think of that aspect of it yeah i mean it's hard to quantify zaniness for sure um mm. yeah i think you're right in that there's a lot more i guess i would say prog elements to this album where hmm. songs don't often end in the same place as they begin um, yes um and i think sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't quite hit as well. I, mm. I mean, I obviously enjoyed a lot more of the aggressive punky elements to their first album. Um, yeah. Like narrator or paddling or pamphlets. Mm. Uh, those are like often mm. my songs that I'll come back yeah, to because right. like they have a little more drive and a little more rhythm section to them. And I think those, in my personal opinion, it's kind of what I lack on this first couple of listens to this mm. new record. Um, yes. I think Ollie's vocals too, like also come into that. Like if you compare a song like House Plants, which wasn't on their first album, but is an amazing song. Yeah. Compared to kind of like even Ollie uses auto tune on one of the songs on his voice. And it just doesn't, I want the like unhinged manic shouting. Like that's <laughs> kind of what I love about them as well. <laughs> Yeah, more than like trying to do something a bit more subtle, but like you know, you don't want to box a band that can do. Yeah, it's, it's like. tough because you know this is a sophomore album. You don't really want to just like do the same thing over again. It's like these guys yeah. are like legitimately trying to do new, interesting, hard to pull off stuff, and that is commendable for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I am only one week in listening to it as well, so take everything I say with a grain of salt. Um, 
the things I did love, so the tracks I did love are things like Undergrowth has just this amazingly steady groove on which all of their crazy little fills and instrument parts mm. all kind of layer. Um, the Blades yeah, is the, really cool The too. Blades is definitely yeah. a standout. Yeah, that 7-4 feel, like it's, it feels a lot like their first album. Um, I, so after listening to this, I, I sent you that live video. I went back and watched. <laughs> no, actually, sorry, to explain it, they did a Reddit AMA um, and there were one person commented on how much they love their Glastonbury performance, particularly their performance of narrator. And I thought I'd just go back and watch that. And they're just so amazing live. Like the guitar parts are like tiny and all over the shop. Like they're just, the way that they write guitar parts feels just so hard to explain. It's not like there's any particular chord progression. It's just little parts that that interplay between the two guitarists. And um, it's just fantastic also watching Ollie. He's just such a great drummer and a crazy vocalist. <laughs> and, yeah, anyway, Blades and Undergrowth really also show those great composition elements of the tiny motifs of the guitars and the synths and then the brass and all the sort of things. So it's just mm. neat. Mm. I did love the comment from Ollie that he still can't play Green Light and sing it. <laughs> <laughs> Because people were like, I admire you like singing and playing. He's like, that's cool. I haven't learned this one yet. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I personally find singing and playing drums to be impossible. So I, hats off to him. Yeah. I think the end of this album is stronger than the beginning, in my opinion. Mm. Like, I like the more intense tracks at the end, like the second half of the album. There's only eight tracks. So I kind of feel like. Um, the beginning is actually quite a slow start, um, yeah. but then it builds and builds. Um, but yeah, I will add the disclaimer that it's been a week and I've only listened through <laughs> it a little bit, like, but I'm really enjoying it and yeah. I love having more squid in my life. Like it made me go, oh man, I loved when green, uh, bright green field came out. Like it was just so, it was so different. It was cool. Yeah. I, I need to give us some more chances too. I think my problem is that my least favorite song is, <laughs> the second song on the album. So it's kind of like a bit of a barrier for me to get to the rest of it sometimes. Is that bad demon or something? Um, Devil's Den. Yeah. Yeah. Devil's Den. Yeah. It like redeems itself kind of almost at the end when it just kind of goes a bit crazy, but yeah. It's a bit too much for me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. It's and good on them. Like just making something, really interesting and different. I was thinking again about the Windmill Club and, you know, the different bands in it. I think they are still my favourite of the four, three, yeah. whoever you want to include in it, you know, but, um, yeah, no, all best, all the best of them. Hideo Kojima really digs them. <laughs> <laughs> so that's S- funny. Strange man. Um, yeah, okay. he is. Homework. Homework, yep. Now, this is correct, right? I gave you Carol Cleveland Sings, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So I mentioned Carol Cleveland Sings um, a while back. <laughs> hmm? a, a while back ago, yeah. 
Yeah. But also like um, they were doing a lot of little videos on Instagram and I talked about how they kind of were doing these shorts. But a while ago, um, John Ringhofer of Half Hand a Cloud shared um, Carol Cleveland Sings because they did some gigs together or something. And they're, it makes sense. Like they're kind of like a micro pop sort of, you know, small instruments, poppy melodies, a bit retro in feel. Mm. And I had listened to this album. Um, I just wanted to give it to Josh because it was kind of like upbeat and fun and interesting. It's spring where he is, you know, something for your your happy time. <laughs> um, and, yeah, it's Bobby and I like the melody. So, yeah, what did you think of Carol Cleveland Sings? Yeah, um, incredibly joy-centric music, uh, which is fun. Um I like I, I want to use the word kitschy, but it's not like that. Mm. That sounds a bit insulting, but it's like it's kind of how no, it no. feels. Like, um, lots of bells and glocks and xylophones, and um, yeah. the songs are fairly short, but really melody forward, which is which is great. Um, yeah, like it's probably like close to being. Um, too poppy for me personally, but it's like just within range of being enjoyable still. Um, yeah, in the indie pop category. Um, yeah, it's almost dream pop, but not kind of uh, ambient enough. Yes. Um, and then Bit of always, uh, I learned um who the male singer was. And the band made a lot more sense to me in my brain. Um, <laughs> Who was it again? So he is one of the starting members of a band that I listened to like 19 years ago called the Spinto Band. Um, he's like one of the singers. I think he was the bass player. And a lot of the melodic structures and the way he sings are like identical and mm. kind of when that puzzle piece fit in my brain, I was like, I can't unhear yeah. this anymore. And <laughs> I, I went back and listened to the album that I, I um, loved them a lot for back in the day. And it's kind of the, the track kind of at least the ones that are more um, hymn centric kind of overlay pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I guess there's obviously differences because um, different partner and that kind of stuff from making music. Um, yeah, for sure. But still, the kind what was of the other band called Spinto. The Spinto band, yeah. Um, I'll probably put a couple of tracks in the playlist. I, yeah, yeah, do that. That I think sounds similar. <laughs> um, no, I totally get that. Context helps. Like when you gave me Big Thief, and I realized that the lead singer was someone I was already listening to. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, okay, and it does help you um, appreciate the songs in a different way. So now I get that. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed it. I think, uh, I think maybe it could be a bit shorter. You know, it's got, it's got quite a number of songs on the album. I'm 18 like, tracks. I get, I get a bit lost in the, in the, in the bells and whistles of this, of this record a little bit sometimes. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's a lot of like little songs to get through and understand. It reminds me a bit of Fanfarlo, if you remember that. Yeah, 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 similar, similar. Mm. Um, Fanfarlo, for listeners who don't know, were, I don't actually know much about them except that Sigaros recommended them a way back. Uh, um, yeah, that's how I found them. They just were like, hey, check out um, this band called Fanfarlo. 
and it's honestly been a long time since I've listened to them. It's like way back in 2010, 2012, I can't remember. Yeah, I might put some of those tracks on. There you go. We're going to make like a, a weird turn of the turn of the century acoustic indie vibe for a second. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> this is 2016 that fa- that um, Carol Cleveland Sings came out. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad I brought you a little bit of joy or yeah. a little bit of interest. He definitely like took cool. me back to being 18 for a second as well pretty heavily. Yeah, like, it's definitely whoa. got that far. I remember buying this CD when I was like in grade 11. <laughs> yeah, it says here Thomas Hughes, Spinto Band, The Music Tapes. Um, there must be another band that they were in or he was in. Yeah. And Gretchen Loss. So, yeah. I would like them to do another album. Um, they just seem to be doing little snippets on Instagram at the moment and doing very well with that. Fair enough. Maybe that's where the money is. I don't know. Fair enough. Uh, Why don't you tell people what you gave me as homework? Yes. I don't remember how I found this. I think it was like one of those Bandcamp emails they send out of like people to pay attention to. Um, mm. And uh, so this is a singer-songwriter uh, who goes by the band name Superviolet. And mm. um, we put out a record called Infinite Spring. And I gave it a listen and I quite enjoyed it and then thought, actually, there's some things on this album that reminded me uh, musically pretty heavily of some of the bands that Asher likes mm. when it comes to folk singing, like um, a bit of Andy Schauf and then a bit of Travis hey, you got it. in, you the, got in it. the choruses for me. <laughs> yes. Um, I um, wondered whether you would pick that up because that's instantly what I thought of. <laughs> yeah, so I thought I'd give this to him and see if he enjoyed <clears throat> a, a spin. I think there's quite a few... Like actual really good songs in the album. Um, yeah, there really are. Um, so I was talking about this with my mum last night. I sent her a message. And I was like, hey, you might like this. We both loved that Good Ghost song. Um, and that you're definitely right about Andy Schauf. I Like I was listening through and going, oh, this is like a happier Andy Schauf. <laughs> like it's not nearly as depressing, but there's something about the way he sings that carries that almost 70s vibe yeah. a little bit. And I love it. I really like this album. You, <laughs> you picked it. <laughs> um, it. There's also a mix of like Slaughter Dog Beach in here. Yeah. Would I be wrong? It's something like that. I th- like uh, it's those pretty classic like folk song um, I don't know you call like uh, rundowns on on the guitar that are like really yes. like leading to a chorus kind of thing. Um, like a chromatic run. Yeah. Um, in in, in on, my mind, it makes me think of um, why does it always rain on me? But it's kind of, I'm, yeah, sh- I'm sure it goes yeah, farther Travis. than that. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I didn't think of Travis immediately, but the way that Travis produced their songs overall um, you know, just with the guitar tones and the minor five in the chorus kind of thing, it feels a bit similar. It It's songs like um, Big Songbirds Don't Fly, mm. like that same sort of chromatic bluesy sort of run. And, yeah, that is very Andy Shelf and a bit of Fleet Foxes. I still uh, – sorry, not Fleet Foxes. I have them written down. I don't know if that's right. <laughs> but Slaughter Dog Beach, the Also Waiting No Fear – something however it's said 
there were songs on that that really convey that same acoustic-y, slightly chromatic guitar parts and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I really like this. I, I've i given it a few listens through, some a bit passively and some actively, and I really loved um, Big Songbirds Don't Fly and Good Ghost. They kind of really stood out as um, tracks that I'll be coming back to. And, um, and I think even the lyrics of um, Good Ghost remind me of Andy Shelf, you know, um, it just kind of has that storytelling element. Like if you were a ghost, you'd be a good ghost. You'd turn off the lights after I'd left the room <laughs> kind of thing. It's like it, it felt a bit more storied and, and those are things I enjoy about Andy Shelf. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's, it feels like a different era. Like this came out in April this year, but it feels like something that could have been written like quite a few years ago. Mm. Yeah, like um, in a different time, a less less uh, like existential sort of songwriting <laughs> and less like deconstructionist of the genre itself. <laughs> mm. I don't know. Yeah. Like it sounds like it's taking itself genuinely and it's not too like Phoebe Bridges. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah irony you. over the top of irony. I got you. Know you. What I mean? Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. No, I really like that. Yeah. I, great. I honestly have no idea who this guy really is. So it's kind of yeah. a real stab in the dark. <laughs> Maybe we should do more investigations on him. But um, yeah, it doesn't look like he's done anything else. I think, is this it? I think he has his, uh, another band or he was in his own project before this one. Um, I forget. Um, <coughs> should, yeah, I'm should, looking on. Should have done my research. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. No, he hasn't got anything else, at least under the name Super Violet. Yeah. Um, which I thought at first was Super Violent, which would have been <laughs> a nice contrast to the sound. <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool. Good, good find. I dig it. Oh, good pick. Well, let's uh, let's head on to honourable mentions. Oh, baby. Because you have quite the list, don't you? It's expanded since I last talked to you. <laughs> oh, it's understandable. It's been a while. Let's go. Let's do it. Okay. I've, I have put my honourable mentions into two different phases. Um, mm-hmm. First phase is I've been listening to quite a bit of what I would classify as fifth wave emo music. Um, fifth wave. Yes. Um, That's very funny. So uh, to anyone who doesn't have any context, um, usually when bands like try to like to play in the same genre, but try to differentiate themselves from previous generations, <laughs> they, they call it a wave. Um, it's a mm. big thing in punk and um, alternative movements um, and emo has been actually around for quite a while and this new kind of group of young people um, have made a lot of like it's not really about kind of dark clothing and long hair and like writing songs about how like sad you are like you know the emo of our teenagedom like my chemical romance and that kind of stuff yeah 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 um, this is a the modern emo is a lot more about like um, catharsis and 
just like real emotionalism. So it's a lot of like yelling and a lot of, you know, I feel bad for vocal cords. Um, and it can really be like, you know, acoustic led with maybe songs sounding a little bit more like, um, uh, I don't know what that like to be called anymore. AJJ, they had a different name in previous lives. Or what's the band you love um, uh, with the potato head on the cover? <laughs> the drum head on the cover. The, pota- um, the potato head on the cover. That's actually a drum a drum head. Oh, yeah, Merzbo. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, no? The one about Anne Frank. <laughs> My mind's blanking. Oh, the pot- the drum head. Yeah. I thought you said... <laughs> Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neutral milk. Neutral milk. Like songs that like kind of sound a little more in that kind of area. Um, yeah. Or they can be your typical kind of um, more rock and roll emo led stuff. So um, kind of standouts that I've been listening to from that malaise of emotional music um, is a new one from a band we actually talked about a while ago called Home Is Where. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, they, they've put out a second album called uh, The Whaler, and it's really good. I mean, it's really intense. Um, and they're kind of one of the, I'd say, forerunners that are pushing the fifth wave emo uh, music itself. But uh, this album's really interesting. And it's, yeah, I don't know. Not for light listening, I guess I would say. Um, yeah. And then I'm keen to check that out. I it sounds interesting to me. Yeah, uh, a track from a, Home, uh, the th- <laughs> Homer with three eyes. <laughs> what is this artwork? Yeah, no, right. nice. Um, and then a track from a band called Heart to Gold. Um, mm. This is kind of I don't know. I don't know how I found this song, but it's been stuck on my rotation really heavily. Um, and the vocal performance on it. I think is unsustainable, but uh, amazing to listen to. And then um, my favorite band from the East Coast, Fiddlehead, put out a new single. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. Put out a new album. It's um, check called Sullen Boy. I don't know, man. So I think about this band just really clicks with my brain. And I have yet to not just hopelessly love anything they put out. Um, hmm. I went so far as to even like start watching some of their live performances and specifically a drum cam of like this dude were playing while they're doing stuff live. It's so good. He's so tight. I, I mean, yeah. Um, well, they do that good combo of like meaningful lyrics and songs with like killer sound. Yeah. And punk, like emo punk sound sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just like, it's right up my alley. So I'm yeah. super excited. They have a new album coming out, I think in a couple <laughs> months, which I'm really, really excited for. Yeah. Oh, Fiddlehead. Um, Such okay. a funny name too. Yeah. Well, uh, do you know what a Fiddlehead is, Asher? <laughs> no, I don't know what a Fiddlehead is. A Fiddlehead is. is the technical term for a, um, a young fern that has yet to unroll. Oh. It's oh, it's very a, meaningful. It's called a fill head. Yeah. Um, and then, so that's... I remember, sorry, I remember Between the Richness was like one of your faves from last year is, or from 2021, is that right? Uh, like top yeah. Something. Between yeah. the Richness. And their first Sweet. album too. Um, I love it a lot. Uh, yeah. Okay, that's the end of the emo section. Mm-hmm. Thus concludes the emo section. Um, chapter two. Chapter two. Uh, a track that my buddy put me on. This is just a 
I don't know where this came from. It's a British band called Cloudy, and they have a song called uh, Blue Bendy, which has been on some of the indie, indie radio stations around England. It's kind of mm. like, um, remember the one, uh, the band Ugly, I'm Happy You're Here, where they just kind of like, they drop this song, and it's amazing, and I'm just kind of waiting for more from this band. Um, mm. It's kind of similar, where this like one track is just like really well put together. It's written fabulously. It has a great, you know, song ending everything. So I'm just kind of waiting for Cloudy to put out more at the moment. So this track has been um, heavy in my rotation for a couple of months now, I think. Mm. Um, and then a album from the tallest man on earth called, Hen- yeah, called Henry Street. Um, yeah, I, it's like you're kind of at the point where this is like, I don't know, he's like sixth or seventh record where he's not really experimenting super heavily anymore. Um, Hmm. but if you enjoy, you know, your, your alternative indie folk, um, you just enjoy his music. It's more to be enjoyed kind of thing, which is fine. Um, so it's not like breaking any barriers, but I've just been kind of putting it on and, um, listening to it Hmm. and having fun. Um, That's great. Yeah. All right, two more. Um, yesterday, uh, the Fleet Foxes released a live cover of a Strokes song, which is something oh, I, I would not have anticipated, but it's really good. Um, I'm, it's very different genre. Like Fleet Foxes, I would not have equated the Strokes. Yeah, I'm, I guess I'm kind of glad. I mean, I would take a whole album of random fleet foxes covers i think it'd be very interesting but to mm. start with the strokes one is kind of it's surprising but they do a really good job and i'm 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 hooked on it um and then lastly um to steal ash's job a little bit i have been listening mm-hmm. to a video game soundtrack a little bit um, good on you yes though unlike asher this is not a game from 35 years ago um <laughs> Hey, I play new games sometimes, <laughs> as long as they look like games from 35 years ago. <laughs> so um, I, I have for a very long time been a big fan of the Final Fantasy game series. Um, oh, yeah. And their chief composer um, for the longest time was a guy called uh, Nobuo Uematsu. And he retired a couple of years ago from making the Final Fantasy music. And I've loved a lot of his work. Um, I've even gone to like see him play or, or see the orchestra play stuff live. Um, oh, cool. And yeah. so, so uh, there's a new Final Fantasy coming out in a week and a bit, um, number mm-hmm. 16. And they've got Gosh. a new guy uh, making uh, music for it, Masayoshi Soken. And um, I've given a couple of the tracks to listen to as a demo you can play. And this music is fantastic. Um mm. It's hard to write uh, music for video games that is both like emotionally engaging, but also like keeps you in the game as like part of like the battle or whatever. Um, yeah. And the transition between those two. Sometimes. Yeah. And so he is uh, a track that plays during the demo where you have this like big cinematic kind of boss fight and it's, kind of choral very heavily you know 
um, it's like a male choir and they're just kind of going for it. And then it brings in like a modern kind of um, drum feel and setup, and it kind of really just kicks this thing to the next level. It's it's mm. fantastic. He's doing a really good job, and I'm really excited to see kind of where he goes from here. Um, I've just been loving, like it's rare that I listen to like a like a song from a video game soundtrack on its own, but he's just been doing a really good job. So I'm really happy about mm. that. That's a big mantle to pick up, or yeah, yeah. Like a big- Big responsibility. I've never actually played tons of any Final Fantasy games, um, but I know what to expect, you know, like massive um, cinematic sort of feel and the music and that sort of thing. So that's yeah. that's sweet. I have seen those concerts too when they're like Final Fantasy played by the SSO or something. That's cool. They're great. Um, that's, nice. that's all my honorable mentions. No chapter three? <laughs> Don't tempt me, sir. <laughs> all right i've just got a couple uh and then we can close it out so um josh you put me onto this um i was going to review this but i wanted to talk about squid too um this is tim hecker's new album um so tim hecker is an ambient canadian artist um and it's quite interesting when like ambient music becomes kind of like more mainstream and this was even reviewed. Did um, Fantano review this one? Yeah, that's how I found about it. Yeah. Like I'd known about Tim Hecker before but not really listened to him. And it's interesting when you go, oh, this is a famous ambient artist. How does it differ from like <laughs> all the different ambient? And like he does he does a very good job. Like this is indeed he's just got this down and like I can see that he's done a lot of scores and other things like that and this new album is very interesting like it's very moody very dark uh it's called no highs (laughs) and um the first track really grabbed me um and it returns like there's another um reference to this same theme it's called monotony and it's excellent use of like a pulse like a single instrument synthesizer i think it's like um almost like a uh Morse code sort of pulse that, you know, kind of begins and then all these other instruments surround it and swell and stuff. And yeah, he's just got some beautiful textures in this, like, you know, it's just study and beautiful texture. And I love that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I'll put it a few tracks on the playlist, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty bleak, um, recording. Um, although, I mean, you can take it however you want. It's still beautiful. Um, but with track titles like Monotony, Pulse Depression and Anxiety, <laughs> you kind of get the idea that he's a bit low. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Tim Hecker, it's pretty great um, and I can see why he's very popular. So, yeah. Um, second one, and I was also going to chat about this a bit. This is another. This is a soundtrack but to a movie, which I have no interest in seeing. Um, so... Um, this got released a little while ago by Chat Pile, um, mm. uh, Oklahoma's sludge metal band, who I, as you were describing, fifth wave emo, I kind of wondered whether Chat Pile were a bit emo, um, like because of that emotionalism in the voice, um, the like intensity and mumbling and screaming. I know it's sludge metal and I know that. It's kind of primary genre, but I wondered whether it might fit into some of that yeah. post-emo stuff. They might share some similarities. Um, 
Yeah. Anyway, this is a bit of a different album. They did a soundtrack to a movie. So there's only two songs on this 17-track album which have any vocals on them. And um, the rest are like short sludge metal pieces, which is really interesting. Like, and some of them are like parts of the main songs, like, but just done instrumentally in different ways. Um, but also other parts of them are kind of like soundscape things where there's like noises of drills and like scraping on surfaces. And I kind of dig slightly experimental uses of metal in soundtracks. So yeah, it's, it's bleak as always. Um, and um, yeah. And on that chat pile note, they also have another split EP out, um, which you reminded me of. Um, I, I don't really listen to the other band that's on it. Nerva, not really sure what they're like. I'm really not a screaming um, metal fan. I kind of like the spoken yelling side of it. So, yeah. Um, anyway, they're interesting and a dumpster fire, fire as always, kind of sad. Mm. But, but it's interesting stuff. So check it out if you feel like that kind of thing. Um, and I have three other little ones. Slow Dive have a new song out <gasps> in like a day. Joshua. No, I'm probably more excited about this than you. Even though I know that you're a massive shoegaze fan, you have a much wider shoegaze listening than I do. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's a bit funny because Slow Dive always feel like they're just coming straight from the 90s in their video clips and sounds. Yeah. It's just amu- amusing that they're just like this time capsule that just doesn't, doesn't change. So... Yeah, you sent me a screenshot of that video clip. It's very 90s. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, one, two other ones randomly. Uh, Black Midi Beatles covers. <laughs> I, I'd be really interested to hear some of these if they ever record them. But I've forgotten about this. For, yeah, for those people who are going to see them, apparently they're doing some Beatles covers soon, which, which will be weird because, yeah, yeah, no, that, that, that's the end of the sentence, really. <laughs> yeah, I know, really weird. weird. Like, <laughs> Greep is such a strange singer, so, yeah, he's a strange human. Yeah. Um, lastly, I've been digging into some Australian record labels, mm. um, Artist Catharsis and um, Provenance Records, both of whom have released stuff by Lack the Low, which is why I heard about them. But um, I was listening listening last night when I should have been writing notes for this podcast to <laughs> a band called Bonnie Songs. And she's a, um, yeah, like a folk uh, experimental indie band. Uh, and she she's from Sydney. Just a great, cool record. And I kind of like a bit experimental and interesting. So mm. I'm going to be listening to that more, but I'll pop a song on the playlist and hope you enjoy. All right. Thank you so much for listening to episode uh, 63 of what we're listening to. We're getting old, getting old. Um, And thank you. Uh, We'll have like a bunch of episodes out. As always, this is just like all over the shop, but we love chatting (laughs) and we love listening to new things. And thank you for those people who send us stuff and and, uh, tag us in things. Keep doing it and check us out on socials when I attend to it and other things like that. And we'll see you again next time. Thanks, Josh. See you, mate.
Bye.